What's up, guys? Evolutionary Radio coming your way again for another episode. We are steamrolling this. We got your host, Steve Smee, of course, and I've got Ricky V joining us. How's it going, buddy? Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing, Steve? What's going on? Good. So, guys, again, we got call-ins. Uh, we open up our phone lines, and we got two additional topics that we're going to hit if we don't get more callers in. But first, we have a, a caller that came in. Her name is Cheryl. She's 35 years old. And basically, she kind of fell off the wagon after college. So she's uh, really nervous about coming on, but I promised her she would just ask the question, then we, we'd cut her loose and answer this question. But this kind of applies to everybody. I know I did. I fell off the wagon as well after college. You get into a career, you get lazy. So um, let me go ahead and, and just have Cheryl, you know, chime in and, and ask her question. Cheryl, you're on Evolutionary Radio. What can we do for you? Hey, Cheryl, how you doing? Hey. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my question. So um, I just want to say that me and my hubby are huge fans of Steve, and I hope Evo knows how lucky they are to have him, okay? So my question is basically this. I was 140 pounds back in college and was an average build my entire life. And then after college, I kind of got lazy and started eating a lot of junk food, eating out, and I ballooned up to like 260 pounds, and that happened over like 15 years or so. And about a year ago, I cut out all the junk food, and I lost about 90 pounds. Um, but now I'm, I'm stuck at 170 pounds and I want to drop back down closer to my college weight. So my question is, do you guys have any like good ideas for me? And I guess I'm going to hang up so I can actually listen to what you guys have to say. Okay. All right. Sure. Yeah. We'll send you the link as well. Thanks for the call. Yeah. All right. So Ricky, Ricky V, um, I don't know if you went through the same thing, um, after, you know, you were like 20 years old or after college. Um, no, I've, I've stayed pretty consistent. Um, it's, it's, it's about adopting the lifestyle. If you, if you stay with it, it's, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't get out of shape too badly. And if you do, it should be pretty, pretty easy to come right back in. So, you know, those last pounds are the hardest ones to, to lose. So if she's kind of, uh, stuck at that weight, um, and she's got those last few pounds to go, definitely, um, you know, people are going to hear this a lot on this podcast. Uh, fasting, fasting is, a, in my opinion, best way to go for anybody that is really trying to uh, lose body fat and get their their skin uh, looking tight and and looking good. So, um, yeah, th th those last few pounds are the hardest ones to lose. I definitely would get would get initiated with researching uh, fasting. Um, also, uh, right around this time is when you really want to add on the, the supplements and uh, stims and everything. I don't, I never recommend anybody that is over 15, 20 pounds overweight to get started with, with stimulants or, or appetite suppressants or anything like that. Because if you're over that, if you're, if you're, you know, if you got more than 20 pounds of fat to lose, most likely there are some, some very core lifestyle issues that need to be addressed and handled before you stack on any chemicals. In this situation, um, since she's come down so far already, definitely it would be the time to look into appetite suppressants into um, some of the heavier fat burners. And um, look, I think she probably could have benefited from fasting all the way from the back, from the start. But now that, that she's getting down to those last few pounds that are hard to lose and um, skin um, hanging might become an issue as well, fasting, fasting is the way to go. Uh, for her situation specifically, it's uh, adopting that lifestyle and th that'll get her down to where she needs to be. 
So I, I was, you know, I do a lot of research on, on this stuff, on dieting and how humans are supposed to be, how animals and wildlife are supposed to eat. And what's fascinating is I heard something today that I want to share with you guys, and it kind of ties into this, is that all the animals out there, they'll eat when they're hungry, when they're really, really actually hungry, when they really, really need food, with the exception, and this is important, with animals that are stuck in captivity, like in animals in zoos, animals that are unhappy, animals in cages, they will eat. They will eat just to eat because they got nothing else to do. They're bored out of their mind. So that's interesting. So if you're the type of person who's overeating and you have that problem, it's it could be linked. It's probably linked to more of an emotional problem like depression. So I think that was fascinating because you hear a lot about overweight people who say that they have a hard time not eating because they're depressed. So that is actually mother nature proving that that's actually correct. So that's kind of interesting. So when she kind of after college got into that, maybe she went through a depressive phase. She started eating a lot of fast food, a lot of restaurant food. And what happens is in these, these types of foods, they put a lot of stuff in that food to get you addicted. And, you know, I can name you all these places Okay, all these restaurants, all these fast food places, they're very clever. And they use a lot of these hard, hydrogenated oils. They use a lot of sugar. They use a little salts. They kind of get you addicted to their food. So when you get in that habit, you start gaining the weight. And then now you went away from eating that crap. You started eating clean. And then you lost a lot of weight. Now you got to a level where you're stuck at kind of a homeostasis point. Now to break through that point, you got to do something you got to take shit to the next level. And one of the ways you can do that, and Ricky V and I were talking about this pre-show, is you can kind of start doing these little fasting protocols to kind of throw your insulin levels off, throw your glucagon levels off, um, improve your gut health, and you can kind of um, use that energy that's still on your body and kind of burn through that a lot quicker. So one of the one of the best fasting. Get rid of the yeah, hunger. That's the main. That's the main benefit I've, I've found with fasting is you get rid of the hunger. Once you've got that under control, you can pick and choose what you should be eating. You can time your meals properly. Everything gets so so much easier once you kill your hunger pains and once you're not suffering over food all day. Which um, is the main reason I, I recommend it to. I recommend fasting to everyone because it frees you from that dependency on needing uh, to be fed every, every three to four hours. So, I mean, the thing is when you're overweight, prolonged fasting puts a tremendous amount of stress on your body. Even if you're like me or like Ricky V, when you fast, that's what fasting does. It puts stress on your body, your adrenaline levels shoot up, your blood pressure shoots up. So if you're overweight, you don't want to jump into like a prolonged fast. You don't want to jump into the prolonged fast that I logged on Evo. You don't just get do breakfast. If, if you're really yeah. just getting started, like if, you, if you're thinking, hey, I like this fasting thing. How do I get started? Just start by skipping breakfast and start by not having, let's start with noon. How about your, your first caloric intake? No calories until noon. And just, just start there. Just, just start skipping breakfast and that, that'll start working. You know, like the window thing, I've heard intermittent fasting ideas like a 12 hour window, which is absurd. If you, you know, that, that's, that's absurd, a 12 hour window. So seven to seven, you're eating and 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. You're not eating. That's not even close to the way we're supposed to eat. So, you know, try to intermittent fast the right way, four or six hour window at most. Okay. So 
you can start out doing that 12 o'clock, but a lot of overweight people, what, what it goes back to what I said earlier, they'll eat just because they're told that you're supposed to eat. You've got to eat a breakfast. That's what they tell people. They said, you got to kickstart your metabolism. You got to eat your breakfast. And this is just not, this is just not the case. Metabolism levels don't work like that. If you eat often, even if your metabolism goes up, you're still going to be storing fat in the process and vice versa. So it doesn't have an effect the way you think. It's, it's kind of almost an opposite effect if in the long term. So one of the good things you can start doing is start doing that intermittent fasting, four to six hour window of eating, and, but eat clean in that window like you've been doing. And then you'll start noticing, you'll, you'll kind of break that, that ground on, on your weight. And also try 24 hour and 36 hour fasts. And that will kind of really, really drop your insulin levels down and put your body, your glucagon levels up, and it'll put your body into that fat burning phase. So you'll start burning off that excess energy on your body. What do you think, Ricky? What's a good strategy? I mean, yeah, fasting, look, I pick it over the six meal a day regimen, just because when you do six small, small meals a day, you're still suffering in between each meal a little bit. When you learn to fast, you're not suffering during the times that you're not feeding. You feel good, you're focused, your mental stamina, your body, everything feels great once you learn how to fast. You go six meals a day um, on a calorie restriction, you're going to feel hungry in between those meals. And a lot of times you'll have the meal and you, you won't be satisfied. So definitely just for a, a lifestyle and just to feel good every day, you want to kill that hunger. Only way to do it is uh, train your body, retrain your body to, to not eat all fucking day. You know, the reason most people are overweight to begin with is because you ate too much food. If you hadn't eaten too much food, you wouldn't have extra fat on you. So it stands to reason that you learn to, to lower your portions and eat in a smaller window. It's definitely going to, going to help. And, you know, the great thing about it is no suffering in between, no, uh, you know, no, no obsessing over food or waiting for your next meal. And Steve mentioned something that is, um, it's pretty important. You mentioned comfort eating and people who uh, use food as a way to, you know, escape uh, that, you know, those inner thoughts, that inner, a pain, whatever it might be. And there's a lot of folks out there like that. Some people use food, some people use drugs, alcohol, sex, gambling. Um, some people bite their fucking nails and eat their nails. So definitely uh, if you were running into a situation where you're a comfort eater and you're, you're overeating when you are depressed, bored, lonely, you know, you, 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 you need to rewire your brain and, and rewire your framework up there so that you get comfort from a healthy activity, maybe like exercising, meditation, you know, jacuzzi, hot tub, cold bath, hot bath, a nap. You know, you can definitely, when, when, when overeating it comes, stems from a, a bad habit or just an unhealthy way of dealing with, with internal emotions, the best way to get to the core of that is, is basically re, retrain, recreate new habits in, in your brain and, and the way your thoughts develop and replace that comfort eating with a, a healthier, uh, with a healthier alternative. That'll, you know, that's still look, ultimately you'd want to deal with that internal pain and, and that would be the, the ultimate goal. But as a quick, uh, as a quick workaround as a quick bandaid now, uh, rewire your brain uh, to something healthier. I, I recommend either meditation, um, cold or hot shower or just exercise, just, you know, go, go kill it, go kill the cardio and drink plenty of fluids. Um, 
you know, that, that's my opinion when that's been what I offer people who, who've had comfort eating issues, which I ran across a lot of them in my lifetime. Yeah. The most successful people in the world. Okay. Who are actually successful. I'm not talking about people who inherited from mommy and daddy or inherited a business or whatever. Those to me, that's not success. I'm talking about people who are actually self-made. They all have one thing in common when they go through a stressful situation. Okay. They will do something. Okay to offset that like they'll go do yoga they'll go do like rick was saying go exercise they'll go run a fucking 5k they'll do something like that something productive okay now if you take the other end of the spectrum the people who can never get out of that rut and that never get out of spiraling down okay what they do when they get depressed is they run to drink alcohol they run to gamble they run to their fridge or freezer and get ice cream and eat that. You see what I'm saying? So there is, you've got to turn that negative into a positive. All right. Yeah, well, uh, man, you, you know, one, one of the things that you just mentioned there, look, the, the, the meathead that spends a couple hours in the gym every day compulsively as a way to, you know, deal with, with some inner demons. It's, um, it's just as, as bad as far as what he's doing with his, with his thought patterns as the guy who's overeating or the guy, engaging in alcohol the difference is that the that their behavior is actually considered healthier behavior but yeah i mean the meathead probably most likely not hasn't dealt with his inner demons and and is also using the gym and training as a way to to, to escape that the, being along with your thoughts um, but it's it, and i only mentioned that to say this it, it is possible to replace these these bad habits with habits that are healthier you might still be, um, your inner self might still be the same. You might have not dealt with that, that long, uh, deep pain, but at least the way that you react to it, it, it the way that you find peace uh, from that can and, and will be different if you just change those, those habits. All right, guys, that's excellent advice. So great question, Cheryl, and hopefully this helps you and you know, keep us abreast of the situation. And hopefully, um, you know, you're able to lose those extra pounds. The next topic is a fun one. We're going to talk story time. So let me start. And Ricky V, ha we talk off, off air all the time, Ricky V. And I, he's got so many freaking stories. It's, it's ridiculous. But let me start. I'll give him a chance. <laughs> you, you caught me off guard a little bit. I'll see if I can yeah. think of one while, while I listen to you. <laughs> Hit it up. I'm sure your stories are way more fun than me. But my, my story was a near-death near experience. And... Um, you know, a lot of people listening, I'd say most of you probably have not gone through a near-death near experience. Um, but mine was kind of interesting. I actually climbed a mountain when I was in Italy. And at the top of the mountain was this little church or something. It's like a tourist attraction. So everyone climbs this mountain. It's about an hour to climb it. And it's like almost straight up. So the way you climb it is you kind of go, um, you walk up the mountain side to side. You don't go straight up. So you go sides to side to side. That's why it takes oh, an hour. Angle. If, yeah, if you've got a zigzag, it's a steep, steep mountain for sure. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, if you go straight up, you know, it's going to be a lot quicker. So I was going up this mountain. I got to the top. I was so freaking tired and dehydrated. It was, it was like 80, 80 degrees Fahrenheit. So, I mean, it wasn't that hot, but man, climbing a mountain is tough. So I get to the top and um, I'm thirsty and I, op I go into the church and I, I go into the uh, refrigerator that belongs to the priest or whatever. And I open that up and I start drinking all his drinks. And then my, uh, like some lady was there. She's like, what are you doing? You're drinking the priest's 
drink. Life and of death like, situation, man. <laughs> I was like, I was thirsty as fuck. So anyway, you know, after that, we, you know, everyone, you go back down. And of course you go down the same way, side to side. But this time I didn't want to take the 45 minutes or, you know, whatever to drive, go back down the mountain. And I was like, let me just go straight down. Okay. And me being uh, a guy, you know, from the United States on the, in the living, you know, growing up in the Southeast, it's flat. Okay. It's pretty, it's flat. So we don't have mountains. So I don't have any experience with this shit. So I decide just to go straight down. And as I'm going straight down, the rock under me breaks. So at this point I'm tumbling down the mountain and I'm trying to grab onto anything I can grab onto. If it's and steep, it's, you'll never get, you'll never settle yourself down. If it's steep enough, enough hill, you'll keep rolling down. I, I can remember like these movies. You watch these movies and you see these actors falling down a mountain. You're like, ah, that's, that's stupid. You know, they can just stop themselves. But when you're actually going through it, you're like, shit, this is harder than it looks in the movies. So I'm like falling down the mountain, unable to stop. And I'm trying to grab all these Every time I'd grab onto a little bush or something, the bush would break and I'd continue falling. So I like fall down the entire freaking mountain into the river below. I plunge into the river, luckily. If I had plunged into rocks- so you made it all I the way down. I went all the way down, man. There was no stopping me. I went all the way down. And I end up having these thorns like up my fingernails and I have my entire skin is like rubbed off. But- I didn't break anything and I like survived it. It was just like a miracle that I even survived without um, a break or anything. We're talking about, you got to imagine how tall this mountain was like to take, take an hour to climb it up to the top. I mean, this was a very, very steep mountain, a very high mountain. And uh, yeah, that was my near death experience. And it kind of happened so fast. Like, and I swear my life went afterwards or, or just, I did not know. I don't even, no, man. I just went, I just went, um, to where I was staying and I started asking people, Hey, do you guys have any, uh, like those things you can kind of get things out of your finger? Cause I had thorns up my fingernail, man. It was, it was horrible. Um, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. But I mean, if I landed on rocks, I would have probably broken bones and been stuck at the bottom of the mountain. No one would have known. So it was, it was a crazy story. Damn. Damn. Did you get any help when you went down to the river? Did anybody help no, you? No, nobody, nobody saw me, man. So I, I got down <laughs> to the bottom. I got out and uh, the water the actually kind of nobody, felt good. It was like nobody, a cold, it was like a mountain river. So the, the somebody, water Somebody would have been there with a smartphone. They would have made you famous online, bro. No, back then, yeah, no smartphone. But <laughs> man, I mean. You've been part of a failed copulation uh, on, uh, on YouTube. <laughs> so I got back with my group and they're like, where the hell did you been? I'm like guys i just fell out of that fucking mountain they didn't no one believed me man no one believed me they're like that's fucking oh because you, you you got to the bottom so quickly yeah <laughs> and i had to climb back out and everyone's waiting for me and yeah that's incredible bro yeah, yeah. No, you know I'm, I'm whenever you do something like that i you always i know it sounds kind of a cliche like you know have a buddy but you need to have somebody to hear you whenever you do anything like that bro because you can disappear off of, off of the size of one of those mountains and nobody will know you know, we yep. know this for mountain biking. You need to be near people that can see you because you can you can just walk, you know, fall off that ledge, and your group won't even know you're you're gone. They they will think you stopped in the back way back there, or you're ahead or something. So definitely uh, always uh, 
<laughs> always, you know, go climbing or, or hiking with a buddy, definitely. Because you, you want somebody to see you and raise the alarms if you, if you fell off that damn mountain or something. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Yeah, and I, I thought can't. you'd have one of those big fish stories. You know, your fisherman guy. I thought you, you'd have a big fish story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. How about you? What do you got? All right. Well, um, you know, I got I actually got a fishing story for you. Somebody told me a little while back. You might enjoy it. Cool. So I went the short five six day vacation. We went to this island called San Andreas. is um belongs to the country of Colombia. It's near the coast of Nicaragua. It's a small island, and most of the population there speaks speaks English. There were uh, slaves that were brought there by the Dutch, who were the first, uh, you know, Europeans to to inhabit the island. Apparently, so I was there. Um, you know, I like to snorkel quite a bit, so going on these reefs, fish, all, all kinds of stuff. And um, I was there with a group, and a couple of people in my group didn't have uh, the proper equipment for for snorkeling, so. There was a, a guy at, at, at beach that was renting out this equipment to everybody. Not a lot, five bucks, three dollars here and there for, for the goggles and the and the breathing apparatus. And um, I engaged the guy, worked out a deal, and got the equipment for my people. We went there, we snorkel, whatever, did our thing. And we come back, I get talking to the guy. The guy's name is Winston. He had dreadlocks. He, if you'd seen him, you probably thought he was Jamaican, but no, he's from this little island off of uh, <laughs> that belongs to Colombia, and he speaks English, like almost almost with an island accent as well. And um, he had these shades on, and while he was, you know, uh, counting some money and stuff, I noticed as his shades dropped that one of his eyes was cloudy. It was like a, a white eye, and you know, I just asked him, say, "Hey, man, <laughs> what's up with the eye?" He had. And, it, you know, he had a little bit of a, of a scar there, too, on the skin. And he got real serious. He looked at me. He says, see, I'm an old guy like me. You think I've been on this beach here renting our goggles my whole life? He says, no, man. I used to be a professional spear uh, fisherman. This guy would, would go into the reefs and pick out special fish that restaurants wanted, and he would spear them and bring them back up. And he said, I, I did that since I was a kid and made great money doing it, raised a family doing it. And he says, and one day, a barracuda moved into my reef, into my home. And I knew it was going to be trouble at some point, so I had to deal with her. So he said, you know, I ran up to her and shot her, <laughs> shot her with my spear. And um, as I went to grab the spear to retrieve the fish, it, the tail whipped and took my goggles off and scratched the, the, the corner of my eye out. He says, I, I went up to the, to the top uh, and they rushed me to the hospital. And he says, that's it. This all I got left, lost my eye. He said, I still, I still ate the fish though. <laughs> he said, I, I ate the whole barracuda by myself. It was like, Damn. but yeah, that's what, it, that's what it cost me. And I'm no longer a spear fisherman because I can't, I can't tell depth. I can't, I can't shoot wow. or aim anything. Yeah, that's that's fucking dangerous as hell. So what this, this island? It's it's like uh, it's like kind of north north of Colombia, right? North northwest of Colombia. North of Colombia. North of Colombia is uh, east. So how'd you how'd you how'd you get there? You took a boat. Well, you um you take a uh, airplane from the capital from Bogota. From so from Bogota, Colombia, you take an airplane. It's about an hour forty five minutes, and it's a small island. You can you can go around the whole island in a, in a golf cart. Matter of fact, most people 
go use golf carts around the island. And um, it's, it's got a lot of attractions. Uh, most of the, of the residents there, the people that inhabited the island, they all speak uh, English, fluent English. And uh, I mean, it's a great place. It's, it's almost like a little Jamaica. <laughs> and the beaches are, are gorgeous. The, the, the way the island was formed is, is a little bit unique and different from other islands. The island used to be a huge mountain of coral way back when the sea levels were way higher. So when the sea levels dropped eventually, this mountain of coral started to come apart and basically shattered all over the beach. So, so when you grab the sand on the beach, you don't find any crystals or any signs of metals. All the sand on the beach is, are actually small and smaller pieces of coral. If you travel different beaches across the world, you grab a handful of sand, you're going to get something different pretty much everywhere you go. And um, this place, you know, the, the sand doesn't have quartz. Sand doesn't have any kind of, you know, metal shine to it. It's all pretty much 100% just uh, all shells from millennia ago. And, uh, and, and, great... and you say, is there resorts and hotels and stuff? On oh, the there's island? a ton of resorts. There's a ton of yeah. hotels. It's two little islands. It's called San Andres and, and Providence and Providencia. It's, mm. it's, 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 ex- it's got to be expensive, no? Nah, it's cheap. No, because it's really? Columbia. It's like Jamaica. Yeah, bro. It's South America. You're paying pesos. It's extremely, it's just very cheap. It's, it's very, very cheap. You got, uh, it's very cheap if you're going from Bogota, but if you've got to pay a ticket to Bogota first and then hop it, then your your plane fare gets a little bit, a little bit up there. Uh-huh. But if you come, to, it sounds like a great place to take a vacation, man. No? Oh yeah, I've been there a couple of times. It's a it's a good place. It's, it's not very expensive, and it's got good attractions. I mean, it's it's real nice. It's very safe too. It's a very, very safe place to be at. You know, you can go out on the street at night, walk around late night. There's just there's so much work for the people on the island to do that there's little to no crime <laughs> awesome man i yeah yeah definitely that, that's a that's a really cool story bro that's uh sounds like a beautiful island so tough that sucks to the guy in his eye but hey you know that's karma i guess the fish got his revenge so you know when when i when i went around the island in the in the golf cart i noticed there was a lot of graffiti of barracudas everywhere so that that started making an impression on me. Apparently, no no sharks or lar- or large fish that size get around the island because um, there's a lot of corals that go all the way up to to you know ocean level, and they apparently big fish don't like going near the island because uh, too much coral. So the worst thing you're gonna get out there is maybe a big barracuda looking for looking for something to strike yeah. at. Yeah, barracuda really didn't go in the shallow. There's always an alpha fish, like a barracuda that, that's the alpha fish for the territory. He killed the barracuda, and then another barracuda will come take its place. That's pretty much the way, the way it works in the ocean. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool. All right, guys. Um, so our next topic, um, you know, we couldn't get away on this podcast without relationship topics. This is a good one. And um, this is one that we get a lot on the, on the forums. You get a lot of people concerned about this. Basically, she wrote in, she says her boyfriend has been using steroids for a few months now, and now he can't get it up. She wants to know what happened here. Is it true your dick shrinks on steroids? Because she evidently thinks her boyfriend's dick has shrunk. And she wants to know, is his dick ever going to work anytime soon? Or should I bang the meathead next door instead? So, uh... (laughs) You know, I, I can't tell you how many people have, have told me that, about that steroid shrink the dick. So, you know, right off the bat, guys, it doesn't shrink your dick. But if you've got erectile dysfunction, 
caused by the steroids, then yeah, it will shrink your dick that way. But well, your maybe, balls maybe, will shrink. Well, maybe he's not shrunk, but since he's not fully aroused, he's trying to like hit it with a softy or something. She's probably not. She thinks his dick got smaller, but he's just he's just soft. Yeah, it's possible. So you know, so let's kind of talk about first off, you know, why this happens. Why sometimes guys use steroids. And they start having these types of problems. Norestrones, man. The damn Deca. Trembolone will sometimes do it. A Winstrol in, in some cases will do it. But it's usually that Deca. Another thing to consider is um, sometimes maybe he's, uh, maybe he's going through something uh, mentally. You know, we'll, we'll rule <laughs> whether you can get it up or not. You know, your mental state is, is number one when it comes to that. And uh, in his case, it, it could be that. I mean, you know, maybe it's got nothing to do with hormone with hormone levels. It's his mental state. I mean, it could be if it's hormone related. A lot of times what happens is you start changing your hormones and that can affect you. For most guys, androgens will actually increase your libido. But some guys, it does has opposite effects. So it just depends on the individual situation. Another thing, too, your estrogen levels, they get too high or f especially if they get too low. Um, you're using too much of an AI, maybe. If, if your estrogen levels get too low, you won't be able to get your penis. It, it's not going up. Yeah. Yep. And then the, really the third one that happens a lot, too, is you're running steroids. You get a lot of water retention. What, that, what happens with that is your heart, your heart health goes down the shitter. So now what happens is your, the blood flow becomes an issue. So the penis becomes erect because blood rushes to the penis. So if you're having blood flow issues in the body because your heart health has gone to shit, and I've seen guys who have gone into a cycle with great heart health, and then the steroids absolutely destroy their heart health, just, just running steroids. So this could be ha what's happening to your boyfriend on this one, is that his heart health went to shit, so he's not getting blood down to the penis. So you know, that could be why, but no, his dick isn't and actually. It shouldn't be, and it shouldn't be happening. When you're on steroids, the majority of the time, if you know what you're doing and you're stacking your things correctly, if anything, you should be, have more libido. You should be, you know, ready to go all the time. It shouldn't happen the other way around. You, you fucked up in your cycle. You fucked up in, in the way you took things. Look, a lot of times um, sources run out of shit and they switch compounds around and you might think you're getting, you know, testosterone, but it might have some, some deca in there. And, um, you know, because it, it shouldn't, it really shouldn't happen, especially with all the information available out there now, it shouldn't happen. When you're on, on the, on the source, when you're on the source, your PP should be up every day. No problem. You know, it's just the bottom line. And if you, and if it's not, then you're doing something really wrong with your cycle, you know, short-term solutions. I don't know. Uh, take some Tadanafil, Tadanafil, get a cock ring or something <laughs> you know, to keep <laughs> to keep the blood in there i mean short-term solutions those um but uh long term is you've got to really look at your cycle uh, maybe you know get a, a testing kit for your for your products and make sure you got the right stuff because if anything you know this guy should be humping his girl every every hour or so instead of you know instead of trying to hit it with a softy to the point where she thinks his, his pee, pee got smaller yeah so so guys you know when we run steroids this is this is the thing that happens when you run any type of exogenous hormone, your pituitary glands will go dormant because your body realizes, Hey, I'm getting too much. So your body is smart. It's going to shut itself down. So your pituitary glands aren't going to be producing the LH and FSH, follicle stimulating hormone, latency hormone. And it's not going to be 
creating um, those hormones aren't going to be uh, stimulating the lytic cells. So when that happens, your lytic cells shrink, which are your testes, your balls sh shrink. You don't produce any testosterone while you're on the hormones. Then when you come off the hormones, that is where a PCT is very important. So in this guy's case, I have a feeling his situation is going to get way worse because now when he comes off the steroids, he's going to crash. Look, yeah, really, PCT really is a different story too. Most people have suffered really low libido during PCT. So um, that's a different story, but it sounds like this guy is full on cycle, you know, the point where he should be, you know, the most virile, the most, uh, you know, the highest libido. And it doesn't sound like that. So he, he, he messed something up really bad in his mix and his cycle, or he's got something uh, mental going on that his girl hasn't, hasn't grasped onto. Maybe he's got some other chick he likes, right? Who knows? Yeah, he could be, yeah, this, that's the thing. He could be banging some other girl on the side. You don't know about it. He could be banging four girls on the side from the gym or something. And he don't got time for you. So, so what do you think she should do here? Do you think she should at, talk to him about this? Or do you think that she should just kind of see where things happen? Because if you talk she about talk it, to us about it, better talk to him about it now. <laughs> But if he's she, if he's got some mental thing, emotional thing going on, she talks to him about it. That yeah, makes the situation worse. Well, right now the situation seems to be pretty bad. She's thinking about you know messing with somebody else. So definitely approach it with him. You know you have to approach it with him and and just you know talk. <laughs> Bring him a cock ring. <laughs> yeah, buy. Why don't you go online? Go on Amazon and buy him buy him something like that. Buy him one of those penis pump things. And, uh, yeah, because it becomes a blood flow issue at that point. So th there's definitely mechanical stuff out there that'll that'll solve the blood flow issue really really quickly. So listen, guys, we appreciate. Um, we really want to get more people calling. So don't be shy out there. We promise. Uh, you know, we won't uh, we won't be hard on you. So come on in. Don't be shy. And um, you know, hit me up on the forum, Steve SMI. And definitely let me know if you want to come on. We'll definitely, uh, I'll give you the information and you can call in and it's, hey, it's, it's free, it's fun. And, um, you know, we'll help you, you out. So Rick, uh, any final I hope words? People will come out of the woodwork and, and want to call in with their questions. You know, we're here for you guys. So look forward to hearing from many, many more of you, hopefully. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. And we'll talk to you guys next week as usual. Take care. Have a good night, guys. Have a good night, Steve. All right, buddy.